I don't know if I could make these chapters into one big audiobook, but, you know, it just might be worth a try. What do you think? My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lib. Hello everyone, it's Phil once again, and you are listening to The Lip. I'm just having a great time. Of course, I'm recording this show a little bit early because, you know, the holidays are on their way, and I figure that it's better to have a whole bunch in the can so I can relax a little bit and focus on other things. Well, one of the other things that I'm going to be focusing on is, as I record this podcast today, I'd just like to give a shout out to the other 49er faithful out there because, again, as I record, the 49ers are in first place in the division. Hopefully, in the weeks to come, they will remain in first place in the division and have a slightly better playoff run than they had last year. They don't have to have a much better playoff run. They just need to have a slightly better playoff run. Considering the NFC Championship is the gateway to the Super Bowl, uh, all they have to do is crack that door open, and then, well, ring number six could be well in the future, especially with all the pieces to the puzzle that they bring to the table. I mean, I know this isn't a sports show, and, well, I do have a story about the sports a little bit. So the fact that I'm just going to just talk about the fact that they have Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and... George Kittle and the best left tackle in football right now, Trent Williams and Nick Bosa just destroying people and Tafanga, who is essentially the heir apparent to Troy Palomalu. This team's pretty good. This team is, dare I say, possibly even better than the team that they had in 2020 that went to the Super Bowl. It's very possible. It's just they didn't come together until a little bit later this season than they did that year. They were just on the entire time. But enough of that for now. This is a show about more stories. In fact, it's the 19th chapter of my stories that I've been giving out. And yes, I already leaked a little bit that I do have one about the 49ers. One of a very good story, I think. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're also going to talk about a little bit of a... Well, since it is about that time of year, Christmas time. And considering the timetable, it was around winter break that this story happened when I was in 8th grade. That's a long, long time ago. Well over 30 years ago that this took place. And boy, I'm just amazed that I still have both eyes after this story. Finally, somewhere along the way, I'm going to talk about a uh, another school situation, which um, happened f- maybe 10, 12 years ago. Don't have the math directly in my favor at the time, but I can certainly tell you that um, it involves a very popular movie and a guy who really didn't understand anything about either cars or movies. Hopefully you'll enjoy that. Well, as I sit before you now, I'm just excited to tell you each and every one of those stories, and I think that you'll enjoy them to the fullest, at least I am, as the first listener. Um, What can I say?
when by the time this airs, we're going to be even closer to winter and well, uh, it's winter. Hopefully by the time this airs, we don't have three or four feet of snow like they had in Buffalo a few weeks earlier. Unbelievable. Who would have thought that the snow was so bad in Buffalo that they couldn't even play a Bills game? Ouch. That's just way too much. <laughs> way, way too much. But, of course, in my opinion, as a summer guy, don't get me wrong, I do like the Heat Miser, but the Snow Miser is probably my favorite of the Miser Brothers from uh, A Year Without a Santa Claus. But my perfect amount of snow would be exactly zero. What can I tell you? It's nice on Christmas cards, but outside of that, mm, you don't want to look out your window and find it. Not at all. But hopefully, <sighs> we won't have to endure with too much of it. But only time will tell. Speaking of time telling, you got about five seconds until the main event. So get your popcorn ready. Here it comes. Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. You know, I really need a bell. I really do. That one little sound effect is probably the only thing that I believe this show might be missing. And I might have made mention to it um, prior to moving from our last house. I actually had a little dinner bell. And it would have worked perfectly for this spot. I'm going to have to find another one. I really am. It's sad that I've done which would right now be this is my 82nd episode. And I've been doing the manual bell. But, you know, I'd like to actually have a bell. That might be something we're going to work on for sure over the course of the next couple of days, weeks, who knows. But anyway, let's turn to the page to get to chapter number 19 in story. Here it comes. I'm looking around at these stories and I'm thinking, I'm going to reorganize how I'm going to tell them. I'm going to, I had a certain order that I was going to go about, but I'm going to change that order. That's what I like about doing things on the fly. That's why I like to ad lib all the time. And I'm going to change the order because, of course, for if no other reason, it is my show. So I'm going to start off with a story that happened when I was in eighth grade. Um, we had half days during, I believe it was the entire week. It's been so long. It might have been the entire week up to winter break. And it's very possible it had been because... It's been so long, I can't fully recall. But this day, for sure, was absolutely a half day. And it was the last day before winter break. Um, again, I don't remember what day that was. But I do know that it was a half day before winter break. We have that established. Strangest thing that you could possibly give a whole bunch of kids that are in middle school is exactly how this whole thing starts. The principal thought it would be a great idea to give everybody those foot-long, inch-thick candy canes and had them delivered to the homeroom so everybody in the entire school got one. I mean, first of all, that's a fairly expensive little thing because you figure even if they're a 50 cents a piece, my middle school had somewhere in the neighborhood of, if I had to guess roughly thousand kids in my middle school counting all of the seventh graders the eighth graders and 
because of the size of my school the way it was, we also had the freshmen who were in the middle school because uh, there was no room for them in the high school yet. Of course, time has changed and they've expanded and the high school's gotten bigger, blah, 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 blah. But here we are. The principal has given a thousand kids a foot-long, inch-thick candy cane. And we got them in homeroom, which was slightly extended because... Southern had two different types of half days and for some strange reason, I don't understand why they did it like that, but of course I was in administration. It was the choice of how they did it. Of course, there was half day variety number one where they would condense every single class and you would have it for a very short period of time. I can't remember, it was maybe 20 minutes in each class and then you'd leave. So you got a taste of every class and so that you could fill out whatever you needed to finish up at the end of the day, at the end of your class before the winter break came around. They did that. And then the other version, which was, I thought, the stranger version, they literally just cut the day in half and they extended the classes that you had. We had the first four or six, four or five periods, and they were just, instead of being the 45 minutes, they were more like an hour and a little more, hour and 15. Personally, I liked to go that road, but it was neither here nor there. Really, when I think about it, it would have probably been the benefit to actually just give us each the short classes, especially this day. Turns out that my fourth period class was English, and it was the perfect storm for a major, major disaster. And they allowed it to happen, and amazingly enough, for some strange reason, this played out this way. Back to the fact that we all had these foot-long, one-inch thick candy canes. Here we are sitting in my fourth period class, which was English for me, and um, the first problem that we had besides the candy canes was that we had a substitute teacher that day. So we had a substitute teacher who was in the class for an extended period of class time, and we all have these candy canes. She decided to turn her back and was um, actually kind of doing a little bit of a holiday lesson, which none of us were listening to, because we had another priority. Everybody kind of looked at each other and had the devil in their eye, and the only sound you could hear for probably the first 15 to 20 minutes in the class was a sound that sounded like that. A, just sort of a slamming on the desk, just like that. And what it was, was everybody in the class, including myself, was taking pieces of that giant candy cane and smashing it into pieces. Probably half inch thick, maybe a little smaller, sometimes the chunks were a little bigger, but the class had about 30 people in it, 30 kids, and guys and girls were all breaking these candy canes. And I can't speak for the rest of the school, but I certainly know that we acted absolutely a fool. After that first 15, 20 minutes of everybody just breaking the candy canes, we all just sort of started chucking them at each other.
it was an absolute war zone. And thinking about how, like, hindsight being 2020, as a 44-year-old guy now, I realize how really a bad idea that was. Because if you've ever had any kind of candy cane, and you know that that stuff is... It's got a little bit of weight to it. So if you throw a nice chunk at somebody, you can do some damage, especially if you catch them in the eye. Sound like an old man now, right? It's all fun and games until somebody loses an eye. Well, let me tell you, if you get hit in the eye with a jagged piece of candy cane, you're going to lose an eye. And for sure, there was jagged candy cane all over the room. And I'm not talking about on the floor. I'm talking about maybe three feet above the level of the desks because these things are getting chucked everywhere. They're smashing off of desks, smashing off the window in the classroom. One or two might have hit a light here or there. Maybe a handful of them just missed the teacher who has had her back turned at the chalkboard. And yes, we had chalkboards back then, kids. I know today they all have those whiteboards, but we actually had chalk. You know, it's that stuff that you use to play on the sidewalk with, and that's all you really use it for now. But we had chalk for our classrooms. And my goodness, the sound of that candy just hitting that chalkboard... It wasn't like when it hit somebody in the face or hit somebody in the arm. The things, especially with the velocity that these kids were throwing it at. In fact, it just so happens that one of the kids that was in my class was actually a pitcher for the baseball team. And good Lord, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. All you could hear is the stuff just exploding off the walls, off the chalkboards. It was like, it was crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm just amazed that I survived that. And I'm... I, pretty sure that most of the people in the class probably left with a a little bit of <clears throat> shrapnel candy cane embedded in their body somewhere somehow and the thing that was most amazing to me is the fact that yes unless this teacher was completely dumb which I'm pretty sure she wasn't you would have to have known that this was going on because the sound of these things were just, it was insane. It was crazy. I mean, it was so bad and so intense that it's a miracle again, like I said, that nobody lost an eye with these jagged pieces of candy getting thrown left and right. But fortunately, we all made it out and I can imagine that the maintenance people probably had their hands full with with my classroom in particular, like I said, I can't speak for the other classrooms. And for certain, um, this particular class that I was in, this English class was primed and ready, and the principal and circumstances had made it so that this was absolutely the perfect place for that candy cane war to begin. And I got to admit, I like I said, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I don't know... Um, what went on in other classrooms, but I can certainly say that we definitely chucked a lot of candy canes, and it was pretty bad. And to recap one last time of just why this thing turned out the way it did, uh, the principal decided to give us these giant candy canes, and I can't stress it enough, because why would you give a bunch of adolescent boys and girls gigantic candy canes on a half day. It just doesn't seem like a good idea. It really doesn't. Then you add to the fact that in my particular classroom, we had a substitute that day. And it was an extended period of time in the classroom, meaning that we were already ready to go and start our holiday weekend, our holiday time off, 
and we were bored. And you know what they say about boredom, man. It, idle time is the devil's plaything, and my goodness, he had a blast that day. Okay, I'm going to now move to the movie episode now. Turns out that you would have to have literally been locked away somewhere in a bunker without any water, electricity, or um, even daylight if you lived in this country in the 1980s to have not known about the movie Back to the Future. 100% out of 100% of people knew about that movie. I, I mean, I can literally say that I've heard people who said they haven't seen Scarface or The Godfather, but I think that's a sin in itself. But I don't believe that I've ever met anybody that hasn't seen Back to the Future who is within five years older than me or five years younger than me. So here I am in my auto tech school, which I went to Lincoln Tech in Philadelphia. Give them a shout out because, hey, they helped me get along and learn a lot about cars that I didn't previously know, which is the point. And they put me in the right direction. They got me started on my, on my first job and all that good stuff. It's a good place. It really was. Now, one of my students that was with me, man, oh man, oh man. He just wasn't getting it. He just, he just wasn't getting it. Somehow he was able to take the information that he got in the book and translate it to paper, which I get because some people learn very differently. Some people can read a book and know how to do absolutely everything that was in it. Other people can read a book and barely even understand how to open the cover after they're done. Then there's the people who can see something physically in front of them, work on it, figure it out, and know how it's done. And then there's people who, if they have it in front of them, can't do anything with it at all. And if they do take something apart, it's absolutely never going to go back the same way that it was before they touched it. Now, me personally, I'm half and half. It depends on what I'm doing. Some things I learn better when I'm physically working on them. Some things I learn better when I'm reading them. It, it just depends on what I'm doing. And sometimes it helps me to actually, depending on what it is, if I have a combination will work best for me. Sometimes I can look at say, uh, breaks when I was first looking at them. Now I took a look at the book and I read the book and it all kind of made sense. And then I looked at the actual car that was on the lift and I was a little hesitant for a minute. And then given the time to play around with it, I figured it out. So a combination of the two helped me figure out what was going on. Now this guy, well, like I said, he somehow, I'll never figure it out, was able to pull off decent grades as far as I knew. I mean, he was always passing his classes because the way it worked was you didn't move on to the next class and, except if you passed the one you were in previously. So he was excelling in some way. Now, 
as far as his knowledge of actual car parts were concerned, that was a completely different story. He was absolutely clueless to the point of, I mean, I've heard it said about professional wrestling when I talk about some guys who are a certain type of athlete, certain type of wrestler, it's been said that they don't know a wrist lock from a pocket watch or something of that nature because they just don't really know an in-depth things about that. Well, this guy definitely didn't know. I'm going to say he didn't know what a steering wheel was from a spoon. Yeah. And somehow, some way, scary version, I imagine that he's working on somebody's car right now. And that's a little disheartening to me to think that that guy is actually working on a car right now. Hopefully, very much hopefully, he actually got into shop management if he's even involved in the shops at all, which would be the best version. But neither here nor there. Turns out, I was in school at this point in time, a few months, I think I had gone through three classes at this point, and this guy was probably ahead of me by two classes. So he was ahead of me by a couple classes. And somehow, someway, somebody in his class, which of course, the way that these classes moved was, you would have four weeks, you'd start off with a week of instruction, then a second week of instruction, and you would do a midterm, and then you'd do a third week of instruction, and then a fourth week of instruction, and the final, and that would be the end of that particular class. <sighs> Somebody thought it'd be a great idea in the first week of, not the class that we, not the, not the current class that I was in three months in, but even the month before that. Somebody told this guy that they were working on a car and he needed a very specific part for the car and he needed to figure it out. And it had been four weeks already and he hadn't been able to find what this part was. And he was doing everything in his power, looking in every single class over this month already. And now he is now starting to work on another couple of weeks. So ultimately, he's been given the runaround looking for this very specific part for approximately two months. And it was such a rib on this guy that it was amazing that now the thing about Lincoln Tech is they have a relationship with a few of the um, the shops that are around because many, a lot of the people, not all of them, some of them have gone to Lincoln Tech for school. And some of the, um, the parts places as well also had that same relationship because uh, they would order parts from time to time for some of the vehicles, for the kids who were in class who were working on their own cars, if they didn't bring the cars and the parts themselves. And this guy went to different auto shops, auto parts stores to try to find this part and he couldn't he couldn't and they just ran him ragged 
for this two months looking for this one part and now I go back to the movie that I said that anybody who was probably five years younger than me or five years older than me at the bare minimum must have at least heard of if not seen and that is Back to the Future. Turns out that two months prior to this guy looking for this part, somebody in his class was working on a car and he was working with them and they were stumped or at least they pretended to be and they're like man i can't believe that this car has got this problem oh my goodness and the guy's like what's wrong i gotta find a flux capacitor yes a flux capacitor let that sink in in an auto shop school one student told another student that he needed a flux capacitor and he couldn't find one but he wouldn't show him what the flux capacitor was and he said i can just tell you it's burned out i know it right now we just gotta find one and between the teachers and many other students they allowed this to go on for all this time for two months just to see how long it was going to take him to figure it out now most people when they get fooled with something crazy like that it usually takes unfortunately a day sometimes two days for the rib to go over and usually it's funny at the end as a person is um looking like oh wow i can't believe he got me especially when it's somebody who's relatively new to a shop or to the school example many people have heard of the joke when somebody would tell them oh you need some uh, washer fluid in that not washer fluid, you need a headlight fluid in order to make sure the headlights work better. And they'd send somebody off to the store and they would realize, ha ha ha, no such thing. And even in one of the shops that I worked in, a guy told um, a new person that he needed a left-handed screwdriver because the guy was a southpaw. And without the left-handed screwdriver, he's not gonna be able to adjust, I can't even remember what it was at the time, but he needed to adjust something and he needed a specific left-handed screwdriver and he didn't have one sent the guy to four different parts stores, called ahead because he had the relationship with those parts stores and he had to tell the guys at the parts store that he's sending somebody for a left-handed screwdriver and to play along. And fortunately for the guy that was in my shop, he was able to get those guys to play along. And it lasted a day or two. <laughs> but this guy, was looking for a flux capacitor for a car for exactly two months. And for the first month, it was funny. And then it started getting sad <laughs> by the end of it because we told him, maybe you should try looking on the internet. Uh, maybe you'd find one that way, give him the hint so he would figure it out that it was not a real thing. But he just refused. He's like, no, 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 He went to a couple of junkyards. He went to a few more parts stores. And as soon as they heard him, what they were asking for, they just jumped right on. They just played along with him. Until finally, and of course, what makes it worse is the teachers at the school were also in on it as well. And they just kept it rolling too. So it was just a long-running, two-month joke that was just insane. Whew! And for those who hopefully know what a flux capacitor is it's that little triangular looking thing that um doc 
had Marty, uh, the Doc had using in the DeLorean, which allowed it to uh, go through time. And of course, that doesn't really exist. And this guy, like I said, he was looking for the flux capacitor hard for two months, and it was just, I can't even explain to you how funny it was. But it was truly funny. Now, I'm going to go into the final story, which is about football and my 49ers. I can start off, and and a little bit my daughter too. Um, I can start off by saying, in 2005, the 49ers drafted Alex Smith number one overall. Now, he ended up having a solid game manager type career. He played consistently. He started for three different football teams. He had a lot of experience with different offenses that he was able to run because he had so many different offensive coordinators. In my opinion, I believe that if he chose to get into the coaching ranks because of all the different time that he spent in the NFL under different coaches and different coordinators, he would probably be an excellent teacher. Now, on that same note, in 2005, the Green Bay Packers picked Aaron Rodgers, who sat for three years behind Brett Favre. And of course, Aaron Rodgers despised pretty much every team that didn't pick him, especially the 49ers. Now, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and the 49ers, as a fan of the 49ers, I've noticed something during this whole time. Once Aaron Rodgers got himself together and was the Aaron Rodgers we know now as the soon-to-be Hall of Fame starting quarterback, he has an, a, a serious problem. Like he, like he makes things very, very personal sometimes. And he really makes the 49er games intensely personal to the point where he can't even concentrate or play up to his Hall of Fame-like ability. Many times when he plays the 49ers, he simply just falls apart, either in the regular season or in the postseason, more so than anything else. Now, I can promise you that Aaron has beaten the 49ers in the regular season from time to time. However, the postseason, something completely different. Turns out that Aaron Rodgers is terrible against the 49ers in the postseason. He's just horrible. It's, I don't know, it's almost as if he's Superman Achilles and the 49ers are a kryptonite arrow that went right through his heel. It's that bad. Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 against the 49ers in the playoffs. And it's just incredible. And the last couple times they played each other, it was just sadder and sadder and sadder. And this last time that they played in the divisional playoffs, <laughs> it was probably my favorite game that I've seen in a long time. Aaron Rodgers overthought everything. And if there was a game that Aaron Rodgers was supposed to beat the 49ers, or should I say, if there was a game the 49ers were supposed to lose to the Packers, the 2022 
divisional playoffs was absolutely that game. Without question, it was. There's no doubt. Now, hear me out now. I, As far as I have been watching football for years, I can honestly say that in the last 15 years, I might even say 20 years, I don't believe that there has been as good a playoff overall run from the beginning of the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl that was as good as the 2022 playoffs. That was just, it was incredible. Every single game minus one was intensely close. And you literally had to flip a coin in order to determine the outcome of any of these games. And this one was no different. Now, the 49ers and Packers, there is no reason why the Packers should have beaten the 49ers. Because Aaron Rodgers just can't do it. He just can't. And, of course, he didn't. It turns out that the situation was perfect, though, for Aaron Rodgers to have absolute success. In fact, when you consider all things, this game should have been an absolute blowout. Without any doubt, it should have been a blowout. The 49ers were the worst seed to survive and make it into the playoffs. The Packers were the one seed, which meant that the game was going to be held at Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra itself, which, of course, is what made this game even more spectacular. Yeah. It was snowing. So, here we go. The Invincible, number one seed, Green Bay Packers, are playing in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field against the worst team in the playoffs. And it happened. I was at work, and I was able to see that the game was starting to get a little tight. So I drove home as quickly as I could. Because there's a certain person in my house who happens to be a, uh, dare I say, a good luck charm for the 49ers. My daughter, Aurora. Whenever she's awake during their games, they happen to be successful. Now, the Packers were really not playing that great that day, but they were strong enough where they should have had enough to beat them. Sure enough, I go home, and what do I do? I run up the stairs as the Packers are in a position to start to run the 49ers out of the building, which is what they should have done. When I get upstairs, I open up my daughter's room. I tell her, hey, get up, run to the bathroom real fast. She groggily woke up, I grabbed my phone, I turned it real quick so I could watch the game, and at that very moment, as she stood up with her eyes open, the 49ers blocked a punt. They blocked a punt, and it resulted in a touchdown. That was the difference in the game. It was over. It was absolutely over. Now, some people would say it's only because Aaron Rodgers just has that thing that he just can't beat the Packers, but I'm rather not the Packers, he can't beat the 49ers in the playoffs as he is currently 0-4, and the last thing that he ever wants to do is see San Francisco in any playoff game anywhere on earth, but I do believe that the lure of waking up my daughter and making her stay awake just long enough has made a difference, because there have been 
other games where I had to wake her up just in time and they were able to pull off wins. It's been like that since 2012. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work in the Super Bowl either time, but on some of these other games, yeah, they were behind and some weird stuff happened. In fact, um, a recent game that they played um, during the streak that they've had, at one point they've scored, have had four quarters, well, four halves where they haven't given up any points. And there was a point where they were about to, and my daughter was wide awake and she was watching a little bit and she saw, wow, how about that? The 49ers were able to hold and shut out <laughs> the team that they were playing. Just incredible. But to make a long story short, because I'm going to be not overly superstitious or using my daughter as a good luck charm, but let's just say it's a coincidence that I happened to wake her up and then the 49ers blocked the punt to essentially win the game. That's all I'm saying. Call it a coincidence if you like. But it's a really, really, really interesting one, don't you think? Well, on that note, I'm going to blow the whistle on that game and essentially ring the bell on this main event. Ding, ding, ding. It's time for the Spear of the Week. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I don't know. These self-checkout lines, they're starting to kill me. But you see... It wasn't even the fault of the self-checkout line. It was more the fault of the person monitoring the self-checkout line. Turns out that that one person who was supposed to be monitoring the line to make sure that it was consistently moving was engaged in a deep conversation. I can only imagine it must have gone to the level of advanced... Um, physics because it seems as if she was so engrossed in the conversation that it must have been one that should have only been held in the halls of maybe I don't know MIT because it was so important and it was so in-depth that she had to forsake everything else that she was doing for her employment in order to make sure that this conversation was conducted in such a fashion that she would be able to, I don't know, learn the ancient philosophies of Homer and of anybody. Who, I, I, I mean, perhaps it's just me, but maybe Socrates, Aristotle, and Plato had left wisdom on a cell phone of the person that she was talking to and they had to unlock the phone and be able to engage in this ancient Greek wisdom that that was only available for the short period of time before it disappeared so she had to know she had to know it and in the process of finding out that great information that could probably have only been 
relegated to one of the scrolls in the Library of Alexandra. I then pretty much lost my mind and wanted to spear her through a table. So, the spear of the week this week is the lady who wasn't paying any attention to her job at the self-checkout line. But of course, the reason why she wasn't paying attention was she was on the phone with some other person and just paying no attention to the fact that there was an open register that I finally just decided to walk up to. Wasted my time, took seconds and even maybe even minutes from my life, and anyone who knows anything about life, you don't got that much time in the grand scheme of things to be wasting it because somebody is not paying attention to what they're supposed to be doing. Monitor of the self-checkout line, you got the spear of the week. Well, another chapter has been opened, and now I'm about to close the book. Just want to let you know I enjoyed making this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to it. Um, wow. I can only say that um, if you're going to put any money on a playoff game this coming season, unfortunately you're not going to be able to put it on the 49ers and Packers because the way the Packers are playing... Well, pretty sure they're not going to be there. So that one guaranteed absolute money that you could have won isn't going to be there. I mean, just based on logic of what has been transpiring over all the 49er playoff games against Aaron Rodgers, it would just assume to me that you could literally bet your entire house and the shirt that you're wearing that Aaron Rodgers will fail and you will come out on top. Um... Well, the next two episodes that I'm going to be doing are going to be the holiday ones. Now, as always, they usually come out on 2.57 p.m. However, because they're specialty episodes, I've chosen to give them different times. Take a wild guess when the Christmas episode is coming out. It's going to be on the 24th. It's going to still come out on the Saturday. But I'm going to time it at 12.25. So it'll come out 12.25 on Christmas Eve. And then the New Year's Eve episode, well, it's going to come out as late as possible as you can have on New Year's Eve. I'm going to set it up so that it's going to drop at 11.59 on December 31st, 2022, the last possible minute of the year. And that's how that one's going to play out. And hopefully you'll enjoy those episodes um, when they come out. Um I give you a little bit of Bible and a little bit of fun for the Christmas episode. As they say, the reason for the season and just something to to give you a little bit of a smile about, you know, a little bit of everything, you know. And the New Year's episode, this is going to be the second one that I'm going to be doing. And so I'm going to update you on what I tried to accomplish this year. And I'm going to give you an idea of what I'm looking to accomplish next year. I think that all in all, it's going to be two successful shows in a row to go along with the rest. And I've got some pretty cool statistics that I found out about the show over this year versus last year. It's grown a little bit. I'm not talking about that I'm at the Howard Stern level, but I can certainly say that from the time I started in 2021... I've definitely seen 
a growth in the show, and I have only you, the listeners, to thank for it. Speaking of listeners and thanking people, you could always thank me for putting the show on by checking me out on Instagram at philipenderson5102 or looking at my Twitter, which is at pissedphil, two L's, and most importantly, my favorite thing is the Facebook group. I like to do this. Join us. I enjoy having people join the group. I hope that they can enjoy the content that I put out there. And usually it's just going to be updates on what's going on in the shows. And I try to make it sort of exclusive so that the group can see some stuff. And one of the things that I'm going to talk about as far as um, the New Year's Eve show is some different stuff that I want to do with the group that isn't going to be for other content, say, um, the stuff that I put out on Facebook on the regular or on Instagram or on anything else that I might work with. I'm going to focus on the group and do things specifically for the group. On that note, I'm about to give you the words of wisdom for today. Get ready. Okay. I know everybody's had one from time to time, and those are meetings with either church groups or at work or, I don't know, somewhere, somehow. People have met up to try to discuss things, and seems like a lot of times you hear a lot of yelling and screaming and no real communication because... People aren't getting their point across and they feel the best way to do it is to scream and maybe you'll hear them a little bit more. So, the words of wisdom are real simple because I've been in those meetings and so have you. You want to just stop and look at the people who are screaming and say, getting my point across at this meeting is like standing in a room with no one in it. Once again, getting my point across at this meeting is like standing in a room with no one in it. Because if everybody's yelling and screaming, nobody's listening to anything that's being said. Thus, you might as well not have anybody in the room. Now, I'm fortunate enough to have you people in the room listening to this show. But unfortunately, I'm about to leave the room and let you digest what you've heard. My name is Phil, and you've listened to The Lip.